Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Opening idea. Opening idea. I'll give you a couple thoughts and then uh, I'll try to tie it together. What's my opening idea? Oh, last weekend. Last weekend I was in the atrium here at the church and a young lady had a Bears jersey, a Chicago Bears jersey on. And so we had, oh, got a thumbs up here. We got, well, I had a quick conversation. Oh, you like the Bears? And she said, yeah, Bears are my team. And then she added in the midst of it something like, I'm not sure they, why I love them, because she said, let's go ahead. By the way, she looked a little bit like that, but not really. But she did have a Bears jersey on. But then she said, she said, she disclosed about the team she loved. We, I think she said, we've lost 14 games straight. And I remember thinking, you might pick a different team. Because I'm not sure why you're promoting your love for the Bears. Let me give you another, another example grandma or a parent and they have a child that's it's with them that have you ever met a child that's less than amazing in their behavior <laughs> it's the kind of kid who does this and then you say okay it's time to stop that they don't they just keep going and it, and, and then the the parent or the grandparent will say something like isn't she precious <laughs> and you'll be thinking it's not the word that I would have used for her, but they just love her. There's things like that in life. I'll give you one more. You're sitting across from someone at a restaurant. They grab the hot sauce, something like this. They start pouring the hot sauce on, and then they even self-disclose to you, I shouldn't do this. I'm going to pay for this later. I blah, 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 blah. They get all the reasons why, and then they keep putting the hot sauce on their food because they love the hot sauce. So here's the idea those three ideas bring together. It's the idea of irrational affections. And that's an attraction to something or someone that objectively makes little or no sense. Where you look and go, why do you love that? You probably shouldn't love that. And I think we all, do, we all have some of those in our life. The movie Nacho Libre. <laughs> I've watched this dozens and dozens of times. Why? I don't know. I just love it. Some of our irrational affections are just harmless. Some of them can cross the line to be harmful. Sometimes where a person will be in love with someone that's actually harmful to that, right? So it can get, all right, so here's where we're headed today. God, this is amazing, God has an irrational affection for you and for us. That's the reality of it. We do not bring all that much to the table, my friends. We're a lot like the Chicago Bears (laughs) in our track record. Hey, don't be hating in our track record. I'm sure they're coming back, right? They think I did think they did win here. Just yeah, okay. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome now. <laughs> Give them another week or two, and then all right. So God, if you think of the track record of humanity, you guys, have you not wondered why does God love us? Garden of Eden. 
early story, Adam and Eve. There's only one rule in the whole garden. Don't eat that fruit. What did they do? They ate it. God then he turns his affections toward the Jewish people. And if you look at the track record of the Jewish people throughout the biblical history, they would like love God pretty well. And then they would totally, then they would love idols. And then they would obey. And then they totally would not. It's just this whole thing. And, but God is faithful in his affection for them. Um, uh, I had another idea. Uh, uh. Oh, God sent Jesus Christ into the world. We killed him. Is that not a reason to not love us? And if this might be a new idea to some of you, if you're new to the Bible, God refers to the church, Christians, us, as his bride. Have you been involved in a church for very long? Most churches, are there imperfections in the church? Can I get an amen? amen. Are there a reason that God should just decide to date someone else? <laughs> yes. It's all, just look around. Okay, but God loves, here's some Bible verses that come to my mind. John 3, 16, God so loved the world. That's crazy. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 3, this is the Apostle Paul, big deal spiritual leader. And he says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, here's the meat of the text, may have power to grasp how wide, wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ, the hugeness of the love of God. I never noticed this next sentence before. It says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, which means you just can't understand it. Oh, the love of God. So we're in this series called Unchanging, our yesterday, today, and forever God. And we're going to look at a text that indicates some of the characteristics of what we're going to call today the irrational love of God. It's a pretty simple text in Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65. And I'm just going to read it. Of course, this doesn't describe all the love of God but it gives us a couple insights into his love. Here's what God says through the prophet Isaiah. It's Isaiah speaking for God, and he says, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. All day long, that's the part that struck me when I thought about including it in our unchanging series. It says, all day long, I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good. It's just a couple verses, so we're going to read it again. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I, all day long. I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good. From that text, I'm going to give you two ideas. We're just going to jump right into it about God's irrational love. You ready to write a couple things down? Please say yes, we're moving. 
God's irrational love, first thing, pursues the uninterested. The uninterested. It's from verse 1, and I guess it's just in verse 1. It says, I reveal myself to those who did not ask for me. They're not interested in God. I was found by those who did not seek me. They're not looking for God. That's an uninterested group. And God is trying to interject himself into that people. And then I noticed it says, to a nation who did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. If you're new to the Bible, when the Bible repeats things, it is often for emphasis. So he's saying, here am I, here am I. It's like, yo, here I am. And he's reaching out to these people. This word in the original language, which is Hebrew in the Old Testament, it's a demonstrative word. It can be translated, lo, behold. It's like, like, hello. It's connected to the call of a person. It literally means, here I am, or here I am. So I was thinking, how do you, how do you uh, illustrate what this might look like? And I thought about when our kids were small, we have three kids, and when they were little, I played a game with uh, maybe all of them every once in a while. It would be, we would do hide and seek, and even though I found them, I would pretend that I still couldn't find them, and so I would be like with Leah, she'd be like right there, and I would go, I can't find you, Leah, where are you? And she would go, I'm right here. And I would go, I, I can't find, and I was, you know, I was just playing mind games with my kids. And <laughs> like, I can't find you. And so, and she would be saying, I'm, uh, Dad, I'm, I'm right here. And so, not to get this too twisted up with who God is, because for sure, God is not a toddler who is anxious and can't figure things out. Okay, that is not who God is. But the text is not far from God saying, I'm right here in front of you. God has an incredible desire, an irrational desire, to invite us to see him. I think one of the best verses that I can think of that illustrates this is, is uh, Revelation 3.20, which Jesus describes himself. He says, here I am. By the way, here I am. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I stand at the door and knock. It is active tense. It's not, I stood at the door and knocked three times, I, but it is, I stand. The picture is God outside of your house, my house, the door of our heart maybe, and he knocks. And even though we don't answer the door, he doesn't leave. He just pauses And then he knocks again. By the way, if I came to your house and I knocked on your door and you didn't answer the door, I would move on. But God's, here's the idea, you can write it in. God is extremely tenacious in his availability towards us. And some of you 
uh, I'm going to expand that. Probably most of you have experienced that. Where God has knocked on the door of your heart, you did not respond favorably, and who would have thunk it? He came back and he knocked on it again. And maybe again. And maybe again. When I became a Christian, a lot of you have heard this story, but I was sitting like over in this area in a church. It would have been in there. And the first time God knocked on the door of my heart, and he was knocking hard. I knew God wanted me to go up kind of to an altar call like what uh, Pastor Steve just did. I knew I was supposed to be up there. My heart was pounding. I was nervous. I thought, I'm supposed to go up there. And I said, no way, God I am not going up there. I said no to the God of the universe. And here's the amazing thing. Two weeks later, by the way, I was miserable for two weeks. Two weeks later, I was in the same place in the same church. And dog, if he didn't come back and, and he knocked on my heart again, if it was me, I would have said, no way, stupid. You idiot. I asked you once very clearly. You said no. Go on to the next person. It's not who God is. He came back and he knocked again. If you pause and even think in your own life, this is something where we can give God a moment of worship. How many times have you drifted and God, because of his irrational love for you, came to you and said, here I am. Here I am. And he brought you back again. Here's the idea to bring in the room. How am I responding to God's loving availability? So that was the first idea. God's irrational love pursues the uninterested. The second idea is this. His irrational love engages the ungodly. And if you don't like that word, you can just write bad. He engages the bad. Verse 2 says, all day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good. Who walk in ways not good. Um, we'll get back to the text in a minute. Uh, tell you a story. This last summer, uh, our, we have some apple trees. And who knows why, but this year they worked. <laughs> like my wife always tries to get them to work, but a lot of times they don't turn out right or whatever. But this, oh, this year, like, whoa, we got like real apples, big ones without, you know, like this is a really cool apple year. Did anybody else plant apples and get apples this year? Okay, I'm the old, we're the only ones with apple trees in our nation, so <laughs> we still have some apples. Anyway. So in our garage, we still have a few bushels of apples there. I was, don't look at the dirt on the garage floor. Don't pay attention to that. This is just our garage. Came out of the door. Here's these apples. And I thought, oh, I'll grab an apple and bring it into the office, and I'll have that for lunch. So I reached in, picked up the apple, and guess what I did right away? I inspected the apple. Why? Because I have an aversion to flaws. I have an aversion to apple flaws. So I picked up the first one, and I'm going, oh, that looks like a good one. And I turned it over, and then there was this little, you know, not even a big thing. It was just this little bumpy thing on it. And so guess what I did? I ain't taking that apple. 
And I put it back. And I realized my pickiness with apples. So here's now, let's translate that into God, because can I tell you, God is not like us. God reaches into the bushel basket of humanity where we are. He reaches in and he pulls out an apple. And can I tell you, he is not afraid of any flaw in any apple anywhere. He never goes, oh gosh, <laughs> put that back. And this is not a testimony to the fact that God loves our flaws or he loves our sin. He doesn't. It's a testimony It's a testimony to his capacity to overcome and forgive the sin, the grossest sin you ever committed, he is not afraid of. Because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross, paid completely the ugliest thing that any human being has ever done, his grace, his payment on the cross, paid for that. So he goes, I'm not afraid of that. I can take that. I can forgive that. I can heal that. I can use that. Does that make sense? Uh, fill in the blank that we skipped. When it comes to humans with flaws, God is apparently into it. And I already told you, like not into the sin. We should strive with all of our heart today not to sin at all. We should. It's an act of worship when we say no to sin and yes to Jesus. But the reality is he, he is like, I can pay for that. I can get over that especially those of you who may not know Jesus Christ, do never let the junk of your past make you think that somehow God has, that, he, that he, he'll never, how about this, he'll never knock on my door. Oh, that's, that's a lie. He would. He would knock on your door. This just comes up on the screen. There is no flaw, sin. We're talking about the amazing, irrational love of God. There is no flaw, sin, stupidity, ugly past, present, or future that intimidates Jesus. We're going to finish with a, one of my favorite Bible texts. I think that this is true. Don't want to be overly dramatic. If this text were not in the Bible, I think I would have quit trying to follow Jesus by now. I just would have quit. So I'm super grateful that God included this in his holy Bible. It's Romans 7. The Apostle Paul, who was a, who was a really arguably successful follower of Jesus. But on this day, he must be having a bad day because he's aware of his still yet sinfulness in his life. And he says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Here's what he says. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Ever been there? For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep 
on doing. And he sums this up with what a wretched man I am. And you might think from that place of being down that he might say, so I give up and I'm not going to go on and I suck, so I guess we're done. That's not what he says. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the down moments of Paul, he keeps coming back to the reality of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, the consistent love of God, who even in the mess says, there are no bad apples to me. What is up with the amazing love of God? There's nothing like it. Last fill in the blank. Here's the challenge for us all. Will I love him back? You can't pay, you can't pay or repay for your salvation. Have you figured that out yet? But you can bring, I have to believe this, you can bring God such pleasure and affection when you thank him for the death of Jesus on the cross. When you talk to him after church today, like if you're, when you decide this afternoon, I'm going to go for a little drive, and I'm just going to say, Jesus, Father, I, I may not understand why you love me, but I sure love you for loving me. Does that make sense? What an offering to God when we love him back. By the way, loving him back is the greatest commandment. Why don't you stand? We're going to close. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.